DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Right now we are talking jazz basketball. We're joined by Ryan Miller, who covers the Utah Jazz for KSL.com. Ryan, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for coming on. Before we get to the games and that, there's uh, trade speculation out there again today. This is just going to become a pretty common event as we get uh, inside the final month here of the the trade deadline. And rather than have you speak to one specific trade, I want to start by asking you, what do you think the odds are the Jazz make a move? Um, I obviously think if they're looking at one, I know they're looking at them, they're, that's their job, but... I like. I have a hard time trying to find one that makes sense. Um, for one, this is just an older team without a lot of future assets. Um, so in the end, I, in the end, I think they're going to have to find a contender or a near contender that also just wants to switch things up, things they need to kind of improve around the fringes as well. Um, that's hard to find. There's a lot of guys that I think could help, but I just don't know a lot of uh, teams that would be like, yeah, you know what, we'll we'll take an an aging player just to kind of get an aging player and. So that I think might have a hard time finding one, but and we we don't know what Danny Ainge is going to do. Like that's a whole, that throws a whole new wrench into everything because yeah, like we we kind of knew how Dennis Lindsay worked, we knew how Justin Zanuck did things. We don't really know how Danny Ainge does things here in Utah. We and if he does things how we did him in Boston, yeah, he's he's looking everywhere and he's and he, I don't think he's going to have any uh, worry about feelings or if he's offending anyone when he pulls the trigger. So how sad are we? Are we, are we going to be when Joe Ingles is traded? Oh man, just going right at that. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I, I know there's a lot of rumors speculating around, but there's there's been the case for a couple of years. I know you guys had him on last week or so and talking to him about it. And like, you know, I, I think it would be a crushing blow. Like, like uh, maybe not so much on the court right now, but I think there is a reason why this locker room works so well together. Um, they like each other. They really do. And that's not, that's, that's a unique thing. As many people, it's cliche and dumb and it's not the most exciting thing to talk about, but there is a reason why teams succeed and why they don't. And some of that is that they just like playing for each other. This team loves Joe Ingles. They love Joe Ingles. They love Jordan Clarkson. And so, yeah, you can point to all the like, Oh man, they're not playing great right now, but sometimes trading a player away that's not playing that that great does have a negative effect on everything else. So I think it would be a risk to trade someone that is so intricate to the locker room. How much are you concerned by the Jazz uh, going on a losing streak, and how much do you think uh, the first half of the season doesn't really matter? That's the big question right now, right? Um, I've... Like they they made it clear at the very beginning of this thing, at the very beginning of this season that like look the regular season doesn't matter. I think that there it's but this feels like it's just one, more than one or two losses without Rudy Gobert because because if that's the end it's like okay they didn't have their best player he's probably a top ten guy in the NBA or close to it yeah you're going to struggle without him but i think why these this recent one just feels worse it was just so reminiscent of what happened against the clippers last season like after that series you could have pointed to like oh well we didn't have donovan mitchell we didn't have mike conley um that's why they were so bad at the point of attack on defense but then you look at monday when you have both of those guys healthy and it's like okay no one could really stay in front of anyone anyway so it all kind of makes you retroactively go back and think maybe that those injuries didn't matter in the end. And, because, and so 
um, the, the problem still exists. And so that's why I think it feels worse, because really in the end, you're going to ask Rudy Gobert to still be in two places at once. I don't know if he can do that. He's really good at doing that. But in the playoffs, teams are better at taking away what teams want to do. And so, and so yeah, like, I think that's why it just has this stinging feeling of like, okay, they, they haven't corrected any of the problems that have been their downfall in the last two playoff series. And so that's why it just feels worse right now. Now you can look back at everything else and all the numbers through the last two regular seasons and be like, you know, this is a really good defensive team. Maybe we are overreacting over – two games without uh, with a bunch of 10 10 day contract guys and whatnot and that very well may be the case or it it could just be how you're feeling and be like okay no they haven't corrected anything and they need to correct something or the same thing is going to happen come april and may it's interesting when you look at the team you know because you've got your team and how it's playing but then you have to look at your team versus the competition and so if you're not all that great, but you're better than the competition, it's like the old yeah. thing, you know, I don't have to be faster than the bear, I just need to be faster than you if uh, we're in, in that situation. So I'm, 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 I'm wondering, you know, thinking of maybe looking back, instead of looking ahead, worrying about Phoenix and the Warriors, how about the Grizzlies? No, my goodness, right? And, that, and, that's, and that's kind of why you look at it and you're like, look, these teams are have – you, the Grizzlies are the perfect example. Like they went, they, that is not the same team the Jazz played last year. If they go and play that team in the playoffs, it's like, do they beat them? And so you, you're suddenly looking through the rosters, and you're like, yeah, okay, you have the Suns, you have the Warriors, you have the Grizzlies. Like the Jazz haven't competed very highly against some of the top teams in the league this season. Now, some of that might be because they don't care as much about the regular season as they did last year or as the Grizzlies do this year. Um, And and that's why it's like you almost have to like – it's hard to kind of pinpoint what the problem is or where they're at because you don't know the level of teams' motivations right now. And we can go on to that conversation of his 82 games too much and his whatnot. But I think you have to almost guess. And the best guess is to look, okay, what, did we change a lot? Did we change enough? Like, yeah, they brought Rudy Gay in, and that's great. And he does give them a different look on defense. Eric Pascal also kind of the same thing if they want to play him. But it's like, did, is their main core changed enough to really think, okay, this is a different team than it was last year when it comes to the playoffs? And and because the Grizzlies are better, the Warriors are better. This is going to be a better Western Conference and than probably last season was when it comes to that, at least the top end teams. And so you look at it and you're like, are how confident are you at any of those top eight? You look at any of the playoff teams and you're like. Is there a for sure win right now? And I think last year you walked in, you're like, yeah, they're going to beat everybody outside the Clippers or Suns pretty easily, and that's kind of what the case was. And so I think you, I think this team has taken a step back for now, but then, again, it might just be they do not care as much about the regular season. And you, you had Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell tweeting out on Monday like, look, Failure is in final. We'll be okay. Like everything is probably going to be all right. And we're overreacting to a a January swoon because it's January in the NBA and it's hard to get up for every game. But when Donovan gets up in no, well, gets up, but he, in the Zoom conference after the game twice on this road trip and talks about attention to detail, focus, sustained effort. We get their shorthanded now, and they miss Gobert big time. Get it. We don't have to debate that. Yeah. But that inability to focus 
consistently throughout the entire game and to hit a flat spot and just kind of tune out for a little while, that will crush you in the playoffs. And that's what Donovan has been saying the last two games, and he's right. But do you trust the Jazz to get to the point where they are locked in and doing it right all the time because they've been losing to some of the bottom teams of the league even when they had Gobert? Yeah, and, and that's what's so weird. And you can look back, and again, you always you like. I know you got to move forward eventually, but without the, a big change, you kind of always have to look back to how they handled situations before. And you look back at what happened in Game Six, like like they had a huge lead, a ginormous lead that you should never give up in a playoff situation. And it wasn't just gone in twenty or twenty four minutes and a half. It was gone in a quarter. And so it's like you you look at it and you're like this this is a trend for this team when they when it slips it slips and they fall and it like and so is that some like do they have the mental strength to kind of overcome those things because like you you don't have much proof to say yes they do in the playoffs they will get they will they will all come together and it'll be fine and so yeah like you have to have those wonders or you have to wonder if this is just them like if this is the best they can be and if they go and score a ton and they go out on this huge lead and overwhelm teams and those and break them yeah they're going to be just fine but if a team kind of comes back and punches back you there's a lot of evidence to say they they haven't had the strength to kind of fight back when the other teams are actually coming for them, and so it, it is interesting. And that, that's and that, yeah, like Donovan, like it was really interesting his reactions because after Saturday it was like forceful. I'm gonna, I'm kind of calling my team out, and then Monday it was almost like I don't know what else to do type thing. This, it, it, like I hope this isn't us, but it might be us. It almost felt defeated, and and it's like. Against the Pistons, like we're really having those where he talks about against the Pistons, and so that, that's why it's a little worrisome. Um, if you're a Jazz fan, yeah, I, I would be, I would be hoping for a trade probably, just because they, they, I think they do need another piece to, and maybe it's an attitude thing, maybe it's a skill thing, but there, there is something that's just quite not right right now, and you can go back to years on end, and it's always kind of been there, and they've just had things to overcome them. And the last two games just put a pretty big spotlight back onto it. What do you see in this house kid? Is he a, a, a potential get minutes guy as far as a wing defender? You know, I these ten day contracts are so hard because one, it, and it kind of goes back to everything. What we're saying is just you're throwing these guys out and just hoping for the best. Like the Jazz system is so based around Rudy Gobert that it's like. You, you, we haven't really seen what these guys can do with him, and so it's hard to see. But yeah, may, maybe like he's probably played the best out of these ten day guys, and I think they are trying. It's like they have two open roster spots, so it's like they are tearing through these guys. They just get signed another ten day guy a few minutes ago, um, and so it's like they're they're looking for bodies and someone who can defend. That's really all it is at this point. It's like. If they can find a versatile defender that also isn't a like that can at least kind of threaten from the three point line, like we don't need a forty percent guy. We just need someone who can keep the team honest, and that is. And so I think I don't know maybe like I, I think the fact that they're still signing them, even with the guys starting to come back, probably says that they don't think it's Daniel House, but. But you know, he. I think he's played well in the spot minutes he's had. Uh, he showed some things that they've needed, especially 
like against Toronto, throw him out there, bam, let let him go go just go play. And I think that's probably the biggest thing right now is just seeing a player go play. And if they can have that talent, have that skill, then yeah, they can bring him in and kind of work him in on the system. But I think we'll continue to see more ten days, ten days, ten days until until they find someone they really, really like. PK wrote a column this week about Donovan Mitchell, long-term, does he resign, does he leave? The third contract is different than the second one. The teams don't have as much say. As a matter of fact, they really, all they can do is, they can offer more money, so they have that, and they can offer an extra year. So they got that. But it's really on the player. What do you think Donovan's going to do? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation to have now. It's like his first year of his new contract, but... Um, like I think the social justice issues more than anything have probably made him think twice about staying here for a long term because I think he really likes Utah. I think he likes the team. I think he loves Coach Snyder. Like it's given him an avenue to be a star and be a star for his entire NBA career. Those things matter, and like they obviously have brought everything around him to make him happy. And I think he realizes, and I know there was this whole two years ago and the whole coronavirus that him and Rudy Gobert were not going to work out. I think he realizes he's a better player with Rudy Gobert. I think he realizes that Rudy Gobert helps him so much. Um, so I think I think in the end he'll probably he I think he'll always lean Utah, but no, he's like you look at the All Star voting stuff, and he's what saying eighth in the guards, and it's like this is a star of the big time star of a Western Conference contender. Like just those two things combined, probably should be he should be higher than that. And so, like if that's his mind that he wants to be at the top of the league, the star, the face of face of a big franchise yeah i could see him kind of wanting to go somewhere else and maybe not having to deal with you know a bunch of social justice issues like like he's had to talk about a lot of stuff in the last few years that he probably wishes he didn't have to talk about and so and so there's a lot of things but you know i i don't i think that is so far from his mind right now and so far from everyone's mind that it's like it is what it is. Like obviously, speculation happens, and it's it's an interesting conversation. But yeah, it, there's so many things that can happen from now till the end of his contract that could alter that. That it's kind of just throwing a dart against the board and thinking, hey, maybe, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he stays. Maybe he, maybe they win a two championships, and of course he's not leaving. So it's just a, it's, yeah, it's it's hard to pinpoint. But no, I like I wouldn't be shocked if he wanted to look elsewhere just based off the things that he's had to deal with here. Well, Ryan, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for hopping on with us. Well, thank you guys. Anytime, man. Ryan Miller joining us. Covers the Utah Jazz for KSL.com. Joe Varden covers the NBA for The Athletic. He's going to join us coming up at 9 o'clock. More on Donovan and recent reports about Donovan and the ongoing constant speculation. Yeah, and we, when we come back, we'll tell you the Jazz signed a player. Uh, the, the social stuff, I think you have more prominence here. You go to New York. You, you, One of the, the many voices. The line's out the door. I mean, they've got hundreds of people here. It's big news. Inevitably, somebody writes about whatever his latest thing is. So you can make a difference here. And if you want to be somebody, what are you going to go do what everybody else has done? Go, go someplace. Kevin Durant, uh, James Harden, uh, LeBron. 
We will get to that coming up. DJ and PK. We've also got jazz tickets to give giveaway coming up. Right now, though, Rod Rex joins us. And Lendright Mortgage has a deal. You can tap the equity on, use the new 2022 conventional loan limit. So with the new year, everything's changing, Rod? Right now, yeah, you can get a loan on those 2022 loan limits that uh, increased by almost $100,000 over last year's limits. So with that record high equity most Utah homeowners have right now, there's no better time to jump in, get that equity while you can still get a low fixed rate on a first mortgage and get that money out so you can either consolidate debt, do a remodel, do an addition, uh, get some money out to invest it, buy a second property or put the money into the market, uh, put that equity to work for you instead of just sitting there. So right now, do it with those new loan limits and you can still get a great fixed rate. 30-year rates are in the low threes and the 15 years are in the mid twos. So act now. And those rates are moving? Unfortunately, yeah. All of us in the industry are, are sad to see those record interest rates go, but they have already moved up about three-eighths of a percent just in the first few days of the new year here. And the Federal Reserve is already projected to do a minimum of three federal funds rate increases this year, as well as they're stopping all of their mortgage-backed security purchases by March. And all of those actions are going to push rates higher. Uh, by the end of this year, we could be considerably higher, uh, 2 to 3% higher than where we're at right now. So act now because that will save you a ton of money and interest to lock in the low rates we've got right now. Lenderite Mortgage, you like to say you don't just match the other lender's price, you crush it. How do you do that? The way we do that is just because we're an independent mortgage broker. So instead of being the actual lender who lends you money, we have contracts with the premier wholesale lenders across the country. What we do is go out and we shop for each individual client to find the lender that's got the absolute lowest cost on rate and fees. And then we quote you using that lender. And if you compare us to any other lender out there, your bank, credit union, any other online lender or mortgage broker, our costs, you'll find us to be usually several thousand dollars lower than, than the other lenders that you'll find quotes from. And so our mantra is if we can't save you at least a thousand dollars over any other lender out there, we'll give you a, a check for a thousand dollars. So for people who want more info or for people who want to get the ball rolling right now, how do they get a hold of you? Right now, call our team. They're standing by and can answer all your questions. And if you're just curious about what rates and fees would be for a purchase or refinance, they can shop our network and you can reach them at 801 Approve or visit us at LendRightMortgage.com. 801 Approve. 801 Approve or LendRightMortgage.com. Online at LendRightMortgage.com. Thanks, Rod. Thank you.